This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today, Pastor Rick continues in a series called 40 Days of Love. In these lessons, Rick looks into the Bible to help you better understand God's great love for you and to empower you to love others the way Jesus does. Now, in just a few minutes, we're going to tell you how you can get the set of 52 Bible verse memorization cards based on this series, 40 Days of Love. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com while you listen to today's message. And if you want, you can just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 for more information. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with part one of a message called, Love is Not Easily Angered. We're in verse five of 1 Corinthians 13, where the Bible says, love is not easily angered. Love is not easily angered. Anger is the most misunderstood, and by the way, misapplied emotion of all the emotions that we have as human beings. Uh, It is not necessarily a sin. A lot of people think anger is always a sin. Not necessarily. Sometimes anger is the most appropriate response. Actually, anger is a capacity given to you by God. God gets angry, and there's sometimes you should get angry. Sometimes anger is an evidence of love. If somebody hurt my wife, somebody hurt my kids, I would get angry. In fact, if I didn't get angry, it would mean I would be heartless. It would mean I would be apathetic. The opposite of love is not anger. The opposite of love is apathy, not caring. And if you never get angry, it means you're a vegetable, not a human being. There are some times in life you should get angry. The problem is not anger. The problem is whether it's appropriate or inappropriately expressed. Managed anger is actually a good thing. It produces good marriages. It produces good leadership, good churches, good businesses, and many other things in knowing how to put anger in its proper place. The problem is, as I said, is we don't know how to express it because when you grew up, nobody, nobody taught you how to manage your anger. And as a result, we live in what psychiatry uh, calls the age of rage. And that's really what our society is today. Nobody learned how to manage their anger. You didn't learn it from your parents. You didn't learn it at school. You don't learn it in business. And in most churches, they don't even teach it. Well, I'm going to teach you tonight. But the Bible's very clear about what is appropriate, what's inappropriate. What we typically do is we go to one extreme or the other. And just because you don't uh, uh, turn into Mount Vesuvius doesn't mean you don't have an anger problem. Let me tell you something. You have an anger problem. You do. And I can give you a dozen different ways that you uh, manifest it, and we're going to talk about those tonight. But typically, the two extremes are some people clam up when they get angry, and other people blow up when they get angry. Some people stuff it all inside and others let it all out. Some pe- there's the difference between the mute, keep it quiet, and uh, the maniac, let it all out. There's a diff- everybody in life tends to be either a turtle or a skunk. Okay, And when you get into conflict, if you're a turtle, you pull your neck back in and you hide in your shell and you play Mary Martyr. Uh, on the other hand, if you're a skunk, you just stink up the place. Okay, and you let you spew all over and you let everybody know. Now, the truth is, skunks always marry turtles. 
and turtles always marry skunks. It's just God's sense of humor that he puts opposites together. He says, watch this, we're gonna put them together. So in your marriage, one of you is likely to be the skunk and the other is likely to be the turtle. It always, always happens. Now, let me give you a little facts about anger. You may not know. For instance, the average woman loses her temper three times a week, while the average man loses his temper about six times a week. Women get more often angry at people, while men more often get angry at things, you know, machines and stuff like that that break down. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Single adults express anger twice as often as married adults. It's interesting. Men are far more physical in their anger than women. Uh, You are more likely to express anger at home than anywhere else. Well, duh. Successful marriages are not those marriages where anger or conflict does not exist, but rather it's where they've learned to manage it. And when anger is managed, it produces great marriages and it produces great friendships and great businesses and great athletes and great leaders and all these different things. So this weekend we wanna look at what God has to say about how do you tame your temper. And the Bible's very clear about this, particularly in the book of Proverbs, God gives us very specific Um, designs and uh, principles on which we are to build the proper use of anger. Love does not get easily angered. So how do I tame my temper? If you have never taken notes, I beg you to take notes this weekend because you likely were not taught this anywhere else. You need to teach it to your kids. If you're uh, an employer, you need to teach it at work. Teachers teach it in your classrooms because we need to lower the anger level in our society. How do you do it? Six things. Number one, the first thing God says to do if you want to tame your temper is you must resolve to manage it. Resolve to manage it. What I mean by that is you quit saying, I can't control it, and start realizing that you can. You stop making excuses for your anger and realize that anger is a choice just like love. When you get angry, you are choosing to get angry. Nobody's forcing you to get angry. Nobody can make you mad. People say, you make me so mad. Nobody can make you mad without your permission. Anger is a choice. And you choose it or you don't choose it. In fact, you have far more control over your anger than you want to admit. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're at home and you're in an argument with somebody in your family and your voices are raised and you're yelling and you're getting excited and you're upset and you're mad and all of a sudden the phone rings and you go, hello? (laughs) Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes, he's right. It's for you, honey. And you have the phone. Now what happened? You just turned on a dime. Anger is highly controllable. Don't tell me that you can't control it. You can change when you want to change. And in that instance, you didn't want to be embarrassed and you didn't want to look dumb or shameful or whatever. And so you flipped real quick. Anger is a choice and you resolve to manage it. In fact, the Bible says this in Proverbs 29, 11. Let's read it aloud together this weekend. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Circle the word keeps. Keeps means it's a choice. 
It's a responsibility. And when I get angry, I'm choosing to get angry. And I don't, and I'm not blaming anybody else. Now, when I say resolve to manage your anger, resolve means you make a choice in advance. And listen very carefully. The time to decide to manage your anger is not when your blood pressure's rising, your adrenaline's shooting into your system, your nerves are all on alert, and you can feel the flush in your face and your muscles tense. No, no, you've already lost the battle at that point. You resolve to manage it in advance. Before I go into this meeting, before I open the door to home, you decide today I'm just not gonna get angry. I'm not gonna let it get to me. And you manage it by first resolving, that means to decide in advance that I'm gonna make the choices and I'm gonna work on it before it happens, not in the heat of the moment. I realize anger is a choice and I'm gonna choose today to not let anything really upset me. Number two, how do you do this is by number two, remember the cost. When you remember the cost of uncontrolled anger, you will be more motivated to manage it. You see, you're less likely to get angry if you realize that there's always a price tag to anger. And the Bible's very, very specific. And I could have given you dozens of verses on the, the high cost of losing your temper. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 22, a hot-tempered man gets into all kinds of trouble. And you could go on and on about the all kinds. In fact, it's, you know, true confession is good for the soul. So how about on these next three verses, let's take a little survey and see if any of you could give personal testimony on this. How many of you would agree uh, from your own life that you found in Proverbs 15, 18, that hot tempers cause arguments? How many of you agree with that? And have seen that? Yeah, right, okay. How about this one? Anger causes mistakes. How many of you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, right. And how about this one? People with hot tempers do foolish things. Yeah. In fact, people make real fools of themselves in public. Well, you know, when you get angry, you lose 50% IQ. You just, you know, something is like somebody shoots a hole in your head or something, and you do things you would never do. Silly, stupid, embarrassing things if you weren't angry. Proverbs 29 1129 says this, the fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. You always lose when you lose your temper. You might write this down. I always lose when I lose my temper. I always lose when I lose my temper. Now, what do you lose? Well, you lose your reputation. You can lose the respect of others. You could lose your job. You could lose a sale. You could lose the love of your family. You could lose your health. You know, when you say, you know, he's such a pain in the, and name your favorite anatomy part. Um, well, it's true. You see, when I swallow my anger, my stomach keeps score. Your body was not designed to handle anger. God didn't mean for you to carry rage around inside of you. And when you carry anger constantly in you, you get sick. And there are all kinds of ailments that people could get out of the hospital from if they weren't carrying guilt, resentment, or anger. You see, it doesn't matter how well you eat. You made a perfect, organic, 100% natural, macrobiotic diet. 
And if you're carrying anger around, you're still going to get sick because it's not so much what you eat, it's what eats you. You could have a perfect diet and, and eat all the right foods and still you're sick all the time. Why? It's what's eating you that's making you sick, not what you're eating. And so we need to remember the cost whenever we're tempted to lose our temper. You know, um, parents in particular learn pretty quickly that you can scare kids into doing something by getting angry at them. Now you get in there right now and clean up your room. Is much more effective than, would you please go in and clean up your room? And, and, and we often will use anger to get people to do something. Why? Because it works in the short term. But the long-term effects are devastating. You can get people to do almost anything by frightening them. When you scare people, you can get people to do almost anything as long as they're afraid. And if they're afraid of your anger, well, then they're going to get in there and going to do it. And there's short-term payoffs. But in the long run, there are always three price tags for anger. More anger, apathy, and alienation. Whenever you get angry at someone, they don't respond well to that. When people get angry at you. When, you, when people get angry at you, do you want to hang out with them? No. When people get angry at you, you have three responses. First, you get angry back. Second, if they keep getting angry at you, pretty soon you just become apathetic and go, well, I can't please them. And that's the way a lot of kids do feel. A lot of teenagers feel that way about their parents. Well, I can't please them. They're just always angry. And so they become apathetic. And if you keep getting angry, pretty soon to protect themselves, there comes alienation. And the relationship is broken. So you get the short-term obedience from your anger, but in the long term, you destroy the relationship with your child or anybody else for that matter. You have to resolve to manage it and then you have to remember the cost. And what is the cost? Nothing destroys relationships faster than anger. Nothing. Nothing destroys relationships faster than anger. And so if you just keep using it in any relationship, you are guaranteeing that you're going to destroy that relationship and you're gonna create apathy and more anger and alienation. Here's the third thing the Bible says. Reflect before reacting. Reflect before reacting. In other words, think before you speak. Put your mind in gear before you put your mouth in gear. Anger control is really largely a matter of mouth control. And if you can watch your words, then you're going to watch your anger. And what the Bible tells us is it is foolish to respond impulsively to anything. And when something gets your goat, something ticks you off, something irritates you, something makes you bad, the Bible says, first resolve to manage it, then remember the cost of losing your temper, and then reflect before reacting. In other words, don't respond impulsively. Let there be a little delay before you respond. Proverbs 29 verse 11 says this. Let's read it aloud. A stupid man gives free rein to his anger. A wise man waits and lets it grow cool. Circle the world waits. He's saying the, one of the greatest tools for anger management is delay. He said, just wait a minute. Don't write that email instantly when you read one that's upsetting. 
Don't pick up the phone. Don't respond back when somebody says something mean-spirited to you. Don't do it. He said, wait. Our third president, uh, Jefferson, used to say, he was the guy who invented the idea, when you get angry, count to 10. And he said, when you get really angry, count to 100. There's actually wisdom in that. Delay is a good factor in in, um, the longer you hold your temper, the more it improves. Now, notice that verse. It says, a stupid man gives free rein to his anger, but a wise man waits and lets it, what? Grow cool. See, this is the biblical basis for the term chill out. Okay? He said, cool it. Chill out. God says, when you start to get angry, wait and chill out. And uh, give yourself time to think and reflect and keep it through. As I said, the longer you hold your temper, the better it improves. So delay is a great remedy. Have you noticed that you can't put your foot in your mouth when it's closed? So just wait a minute. By the way, did you know that the average man, male, speaks 25,000 words a day? The average male. The average woman... You're laughing about. (laughs) Speaks 30,000 words a day. That's why when a guy comes home at night from work and the wife comes home at work from night, she's still got 5,000 more words. She's got a surplus there to share with her loving husband. I was talking to a guy one time. I said, does it bother you that your wife always has the last word? He said, no, I'm just glad when she gets to it. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. If this message has encouraged you, or if God puts someone on your mind that needs to hear it, would you please share it? You'll be so glad you did. And be sure to let them know about Pastor Rick's free daily email devotional at PastorRick.com. Rick will be back in just a moment, but first... One of the most popular resources we've mentioned here on the broadcast are the Daily Hope Bible Scripture Memorization Cards. We get a ton of requests for them. And now you can be reminded every day of God's love for you with this special limited edition set of Scripture Cards with key verses from Pastor Rick's 40 Days of Love teaching series. Here's Rick to tell us more. Friends, one of the most powerful ways you can transform your spiritual life is to memorize Scripture. God tells us in Proverbs 7, verse 2, guard my words as your most precious possession. Write them down and also keep them deep within your heart. Now, you may not think you've got a good memory, but the truth is we all remember what's important to us. For instance, you remember phone numbers and dates that you care about. I've heard people say they can't memorize anything, yet they can quote a song lyrics from their childhood, or they can rattle off a statistic for their favorite baseball player. You see, memory is a skill that you can learn, and it's also a muscle that you can strengthen. In fact, study after study has shown that memorizing Scripture will cause your brain to have a stronger memory in other areas, too. So when you memorize Scripture, you're actually benefiting a lot of other areas in your life. Now, here's how I want to help you memorize God's Word. We've put together a new packet, a new set of cards with verses from the Bible for you to memorize. 
And these are good, easily memorizable verses. And you can put these cards around your house or you can put them on your refrigerator or, you know, tape them to the mirror where you brush your teeth or you can put them by your bed or uh, in your car, in the visor. It doesn't really matter, but they're, they're very beautiful. And they will keep these Bible verses, God's Word, before you every day, helping you to memorize the Word of God. I hope you'll take advantage of this new resource. These cards are graphically designed and will encourage you to spend time learning the Word of God. We'll send you the 40 Days of Love Bible Memorization Cards to say thanks when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to a hurting world. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy. Or just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thank you so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.